0: passion, and strategies to help you crack the top producer code to reach new heights in your business. And now, here's your host, Jen DuPlessis, mortgage mastery mentor and head chicken charge of Kinetic Spark Consulting.
1: Hi, and welcome back to this episode. I'm your host, Jen DuPlessis, and I'm so excited today because... I have a guest whom I met at Prosperity Camp, which is part of Secret Knock with Dr. Greg Reed. And he was the publisher for my book, Impact, which is a big acronym book, and met Steve there. And I said, Oh my gosh, Steve, you have to be on the show. And there's a couple of reasons why. One is you were in real estate, and the other is that you are doing something really, really cool in the form of I just forgot the name of it. That's okay. Spiritual, spiritual intelligence. intelligence. Yeah, spiritual spiritual intelligence. intelligence. I keep wanting to go to the IGI in that. Yeah, I don't the IGI, the
2: IGI principles. Yes. Yeah, yeah, you. yeah.
1: So I, I keep Remember looking at too. the I and going, is it inspirational? Uh, you know, <laughs> inspirational intelligence, but spiritual intelligence. So I'm really excited to have you on the the show. So let me just quickly introduce you to everybody. You are the author of an Amazon best selling book, Lead to Gold and then soon to be launching the IGI Principles, which we are going to be talking about today. That's what I'm most excited about. You are the creator of Alchemy Advisors Coaching and Consulting Firm, and you are the former CEO of Warren Buffett's uh, whole company, or just the real estate side of his company. Yeah, the real
2: estate side of the company in in California.
1: Yeah, that's so cool. And I know that you work with purpose-driven individuals and high-end executives. So what I want to talk about today, one, let's talk about your transition from being in real estate too. I talk about this all the time because going from mortgages, you're, you're sort of like a robot, right? It's very financial. It's the transition that puts you into this mindset mode. So let's yeah. talk about first your real estate background. What did you do? What were you excited about when you were doing that? Tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah. Well, speaking of transitions, I switched in my late twenties from being in the restaurant, hotel, and entertainment business of oh, gosh. comedy clubs, dinner theaters to that then became a real estate agent. Yeah. So when I was in my late 20s, I became a real estate agent. Real estate agent led to real estate management. And I started managing real estate offices in Southern California. That eventually led to executive leadership. So I just kept climbing the ladder in the space of real estate. And the companies kept getting larger and bigger names. My biggest and longest career path in the real estate space was Prudential California Realty, which was a franchise in Southern California owned by a, a couple that were a man and a woman named Stephen Nida. And they started out with like eight or 10 offices when I had joined them in in 1994. And at our peak with the team, we grew that company to about 110 real estate offices. We were doing like 36,000 transactions a year and 25 billion in volume. So it became this massive, like small, tiny company to become a massive company. And then that got bought by Warren Buffett in 2000. And then I stayed on and they groomed me to become the CEO. So then I stayed in that executive world of being the CEO of that company for like five years. And then the transition happened into what I'm doing now because it, I'm sure Jen, you remember 2008 and nine and the mortgage meltdown, and I mean, you have probably have scars to, from that as well, don't you?
1: The great recession.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So at that time we were humming along 2006, seven, and just you know, everybody was making tons of money and the real estate was booming, and then the market started just turning, mortgage meltdown, and the shorts and all of the stuff, the big fall, all of those things. So I was tasked with downsizing more than half the company. So in the next year or so, my team and myself had to close 45 of the 110 offices. We were laying off people, firing people, restructuring commissions. It was pretty brutal. And then a week before Christmas in 2009, I got pushed out. And here I'd been there 15 years and they pushed me out and put the guy in under me that made half the money that I made. So I said, hey, they didn't just fire a CEO. They just birthed an entrepreneur. So I went on to open my own company and then that led to Things that I'm doing now. So it was kind of this whole evolution. It wasn't by at the time chosen choice, but it was transitioned by a brick upside the head that caused me to go out and reinvent myself.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, sometimes that has to happen. That that's the same situation with me. The writing was already on the wall, and someone just gave me the little push and away I went. You know, I totally get that. And then so let's just I want to stay in there just for a second because you know, once real estate's in your nature, in your DNA, you kind of watch it all the time what do you see is what's happening in 2022? Because you know, there's low inventory, you know, there's lots and lots of competition, something that you and I, I mean, to the caliber that it is right now, we've never seen this. We've seen low inventory with higher rates, but certainly not with lower rates. So what is your take on what's happening in the real estate market right now?
2: Well, if you look at some of the appreciations that's happening throughout the United States, Austin, Southern California Everywhere. Different, different. I mean, it is <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, the affordability factor for many, many people is it's exciting if you were a seller, no doubt. But if you're on the buying side of stuff, it's been brutal for so many people that have just gotten beat up and market worn. I don't see it continuing on that trend. I think what's happening with this Russian invasion, what's going to be happening with oil prices, mm-hmm. what's going to be happening with gas, some of the inflation stuff happening. I think it's going to start definitely cooling as it, uh, we've already seen some signs of that. As you mentioned, inventory is so freaking low. I mean, we've never seen it this low. The supply and demand is gonna be there. Yeah. And this last couple of years has really put the awareness on real estate more than ever before because of some of these type stories. And there's still not enough product for people that want it. So I think we're still gonna be in a strong, stable market. It's still unknown though, what this war in another in these other countries are gonna do. I remember back when it was the Gulf War and 1994 so I mean the real estate market crashed and went in the tank I mean it was just brutal I don't foresee that happening per se I don't have the full crystal ball but what I see happening more on the real estate side on the buyer seller side of the market stabilizing things kind of leveling out I think inventory is going to start building back up I'm working with a few different companies right now that are building like going to build product where they're doing even manufactured homes that look like custom homes that they're buying land and putting it in that can be built quickly and offer affordable housing the luxury market, obviously, I mean, some of these prices on the luxury market have been like just astronomical, I mean, through the roof, because there's a lot of crazy money out there that people have a lot of discretionary money. The rich did get richer over the last years, like they always do. So well, you market,
1: own real estate, you are going to create your wealth. There's no That's problem. right. So right? I think
2: every, and what I did find and even though I got out of the real estate space in a traditional way, for the last five or six years, I've been consulting. So I'm outside looking in. So I consult with yeah. you know tech companies, mortgage companies, et cetera. But no matter what, over the last 30 years I've been in real estate, I don't care if I'm at a cocktail party, a beach, a kid's event, (laughs) uh, somewhere, everyone wants to talk about real estate. It's something people want to own more of. They want to know what it's worth. So these conversations, if you're in real estate or mortgage or anything like that, is something that is always in demand. What I see happening is more interesting, not more interesting, but equally as interesting to me is what's happening with the players in real estate. You look at who used to be the big boys in the dominant real estate companies. And technology has changed the absolutely. game. Absolutely, I mean yeah, there are brands absolutely. now that are the top two or three in the country in no, units b- no or volume market. sold. They weren't even here five or six years ago, right?
1: And no brick and mortar. Yeah, I know. I'm seeing. I'm seeing a lot of that too. Yeah, thank you for sharing that. I think it's really cool. It's funny because my husband and I, we have a little over a million dollars of equity in our house and it just drives me crazy that it's there, that that's I don't right. want to bring on, you know, I don't want to do a cash out and bring on the debt and stuff because I don't want to, you know, I want to move, but our problem is where do we go?
2: Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Got all that, that equity, that sounds- but
1: I don't know if that's I want right. to go on that buyer side and play that game and, the, and be in that sandbox right now. So, yeah. and we just don't know where we're going to go. So, Well, I appreciate you giving us a little bit of insight on that. It's just interesting because I know I'm I'm constantly looking at markets all the time because of being in the mortgage industry. I don't ever leave it. It's in your blood. So tell me what happened. You know, when did you start? I act like it's a start only because it sort of happened with me is that I I was like, what's this woo-woo stuff? And I don't even use that word anymore, right? It's all mindset. But all this woo-woo stuff I was seeing and I was going, oh my gosh, this stuff is just so foreign to me. Because being in an industry that's so robotic and so financial, this was all new stuff for me. And I thought, oh, I don't know if I want to tap into this. Why do I want to go that way? But four years later, I'm so thankful that I have. It's really grown me and my practice exponentially. So what was the tipping point for you that, I mean, I've always been faithful. So when you say spiritual, I get it. But where was the tipping point for you that said, wait a minute, there's more to life than just chasing, you know, climbing some corporate ladder, having the corner office, making a ton of money. What happened in your life that that made that switch for you if it did?
2: Yeah, you know, it was kind of a gradual burn, if you would, meaning it was always in that pot of water that was salt, you know, was starting to heat up on the stove slowly. And then it came to a boil. I mean, I was brought up with very devout Catholic uh, parents who were very devout Catholic and still are. Mm -hmm. Luckily, my parents are still alive. They're great. But they brought up the importance of me of having something believing in higher than myself. Mm -hmm. And for them, it was Catholic religion. And in my early, was a kid and into my early teens, that was what I took on as well because that was what my parents introduced me to. What it did though, is I realized it was not my internal beliefs. It didn't ring full true with me, but I did know that it turned me into a seeker. So what it turned me into was a voracious learning machine and I'm a guy that barely graduated high school. Even though I became a Warren Buffett CEO, I'm a guy that barely graduated high school. I moved to my house when I was 17. I went to a few years of college, but I never finished college. But I was always hungry for learning. So I've always had a coach. I've always gone to workshops and seminars. And in those workshops and seminars in my late teens and early 20s, things like Think and Grow Rich, Tony Robbins, positive thinking. And that led to, okay, yes, positive thinking. Yes, affirmations. Yes, all that stuff. But then what's beyond that? And beyond that is the spiritual connection of that So i started studying eastern philosophies eastern religions western religions and just became kind of a junkie about learning about different cultures and people and some of the things that caught that as a wake-up call is i had a few near-death experiences where Mm -hmm. i almost died a couple times for different reasons of playing too hard alcohol use different things in my early days and that really had me have another brick upside the head like i was talking about when i got fired and it caused me to become an (laughs) entrepreneur but I was climbing that corporate. I was in my, I was 38 or 40 to 40 years old. I had the car. I had the symbols. I had the house. I had all the stuff, but I was drinking like a fish and I almost died. I had a bleeding ulcer. I almost died and ended up in the emergency room. And i had already been on this spiritual quest and it caused me to, to really reevaluate my life. And I quit drinking alcohol and I haven't had a drink in 19 years, but that quest got me on a path of what's important. What am I here to do? What is life all about? What is higher energy? What is higher power? How do I define my spirituality? So it just became part of my daily and weekly integration of learning and growing.
1: Yeah. So what a beautiful story and congratulations on your sobriety. I love that. My father was an alcoholic, so I understand that world and that life. So when did you write Lead to Gold? Was that after you had left Warren Buffett? as well. was yeah, that the So I first? left
2: Buffett's company in 2009. And then I opened in 2009. one of the <laughs> still the worst real estate markets that exist in a long time. I opened my own real estate company. Oh boy! I had about 10 offices within about two years. Yeah. So I went from getting fired to saying, Hey, anybody want to follow me? And a bunch of people followed me and I opened up my own company. So for five years, I ran my own company, escrow, title, mortgage, the whole bit. And then six years ago, I was not feeling fulfilled and complete in that either. Mm-hmm. I was still hungry to grow. So I decided to Sell parts of my company, phase out part of my company, and you know it's dismantled a bunch of it. Sold parts of it, and then I started this company called Alchemy Advisors. And Alchemy Advisors is about transition and transformation, and it is about turning lead into gold. You know, Paulo Coelho wrote a famous book called The Alchemist, which is about turning lead into gold spiritually and mentally. So about six years ago, I decided that I wanted to completely reinvent myself and not just be in the real estate space. And I wanted to take all the things I had learned over the years from mentors, coaches, guides, workshops, and adapt that into businesses, not just in real estate. But I wanted to make sure that their common factor was they had to be purpose-driven people and purpose-driven businesses. And if they wanted to also be more productive, more profitable and more on purpose, I wanted to find out how I could possibly help them and convert my skills into either consulting, coaching. And then I wrote the book, From Lead to Gold. And then I went on the speaking circuit and started traveling globally and domestically. And then that led to what I do now five years later, which is consultant coach. And I've been able to do that with people that are looking to make a difference. And some of them are in traditional businesses, but they're doing traditional business in a unique way that's more purpose-driven. And then this last book that I just launched at the end of this last year, the Iggy Principles, is a spiritual leadership book. It uses the word God. It uses the word spirituality. It uses <laughs> all of those phrases that right. some people kind of tiptoe around. Right. So I've been evolving myself.
1: Right. Well, it's good. And I apologize for saying lead to. Oh,
2: that's okay. It can, and it can be taken either way. That word yeah. lead is spelled the same way when I was writing Right, book right. God, When you look at this, it's either lead or lead. Right.
0: Uh, and, and it's either <laughs> right. one. And either,
2: well, either title works because it is leading to gold or it yeah. is lead. Yeah, so it, it works is. either way.
1: Yeah. No and it's gray. I could pick up lead. So yeah. And I love that your book is, are progressing with you. And what's great about that is that that people that are watching and listening could say, well, you know, I'm not ready for the, I keep calling it IGI, Iggy. Iggy. I'm yeah. not ready for Iggy. Right. And I know the acronym. I love it. I can't wait till we talk about it. I'm not ready for Iggy, but maybe I want to hear about how I can do some transformation. And I think this is, they're calling this time that we're in right now, the great resignation. Hmm. They're yes. calling it the great resignation where so many people are resigning, right? Whether forced or not, or whatever the reasons behind it, but so many people are resigning. And this is where people are having so much more transformation that we've ever had before exponentially.
2: Absolutely.
1: So you did this in the first book, and then you said, you know, that's not enough. I've transformed even more. I've gone and I've done some research in different religions and modalities of religions. And there's much more that I need to say about this. So why do you feel that leadership needs to be purpose-driven? In the past, it wasn't, right? And there were big companies. So what is the reasoning behind why you feel that leaders need to tap into some spirituality in order to get where they want to go?
2: What I have found is that most people that I've met or talked to that are at a success level or want to be successful, they're yearning to eventually make a difference or make a difference now. I'm like, well, why do you want to be rich? Why are you rich? What are you going to? And ultimately, what comes in that is I want to make a difference. People say that or people are spiritually or religious based, but they don't feel comfortable enough to talk about it in their workplace. So it's almost like they lead two different lives. So what I wanted to do is have people come out of the closet, if you would, of spiritual discussion. I mean, we talk about emotional intelligence. We talk about intellect. We talk about IQ, EQ. And so to me, spiritual intelligence became more forefront for me to talk about it openly because of some of the things that you just mentioned, COVID, the global world. Mother Nature said, you guys don't think you can slow down? Let me show you. You don't think you can work from home and spend more time with your families? Let me show you. You don't think you can... Change your life, let me show you. And the entire world, not just the United States, the entire world has had a global pandemic that has shaped things. And the book was in process way before that. But I guess what I found is that there, that when I met all these successful people, many of them said, I thought it would feel different. Mm. I thought I would have more. Mm-hmm. I thought it would feel more fulfilling. And then that's when they start seeking for spirituality. You yeah. I mean, even think about Steve Jobs. I mean, Steve Jobs, who was very controversial, but very wealthy, very successful, towards the tail end of his life when he got cancer and he started becoming more of a giver than a jerk to people at times. Right. He, got, <laughs> right. he got stuff done. Right. I mean, on, on some of the college commencement speeches that he did, he talked about, you know, he gave out the Paramahansa Yogananda autobiography of a yogi book about mm-hmm. spirituality. And I think what I have found is that I didn't want to be the guy that got to the tail end of my life and said, I wish I would have spent more time with what created me and my beliefs about that. I'm not here to to teach religion to anybody. I'm not here to profess religion to anybody. I call myself a spiritual mutt. I have a mixed philosophy. I believe there's more than one path to higher power than just one religion or one spirituality. But I want the conversation to happen because you go into some of these companies and people talk about mission statement and vision statement, and our younger people no longer respect authority just because it's authority. People are questioning. People are asking why. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day, when you keep going, why, 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 to me, at the bottom of all that is always a spiritual something that can be mother nature, God, Krishna, Buddha, Jesus Christ. And it doesn't even have to be defined to that. It just is believing in something higher than yourself and being of service. And you've been to a lot of workshops and yourself are a servant leader. And servant leadership, to me, is one of the highest things that people can do. An authority position is to be a servant leader. And being a servant leader in an own self is a spiritual act. It's yeah. giving to others to give to, for the purpose of giving. So it just became something I was compelled to do it. I could not no longer not do it. And it's what lights me up the most. It's where yeah. I feel most fulfilled.
1: Yeah, I love it. I love it. It reminds me, I think you and I talked about this when we first spoke about, because, uh, you know, I'm Catholic and we have, belong and, and I did, I don't anymore belong to something called CBN, which is Catholic Business Network. And it was just a bunch of network, I mean, business owners, you know, top high end, like big, big time, big business owners and small business owners coming together. And we were all talking about FIAT, which of course is with the Blessed Mother and she had it, she appeared to people. And so we broke down that acronym because I'm all about acronyms. And we broke Mm -hmm. that down and called it faith in action testimonial. And so every time that we had a meeting, someone would stand up and and say, who has a faith in action testimonial to be able to incorporate our faith into our daily lives in business without running around and saying, you should be, you know, here are pamphlets for that religion and this religion and everything, but just to be able to on a daily basis, do God's work. That's basically what it is or the universe work, whatever you may call it. So let's talk about Iggy for a second here. Share with us the acronym for this. And, um, yeah, you know, and I know going.
2: you love acronyms. So I, I figured you would like <laughs> that one. But one of the other people that I read along the way beyond Tony Robbins and Napoleon Hill and Paramahansa Yogananda and, Rob, and the Bible and yeah. all of the many, many things, the Torah. But Wayne Dyer, who many people would probably know who Wayne Dyer is. He's since passed a few years back. But Wayne started out as a psychologist and he evolved himself into becoming a spiritual psychologist. Then he just became a spiritual writer, speaker, leader, he was on PBS, traveled the world on Oprah, you know, and talking about this kind of stuff. And he talked a lot about ego, that when we are in our ego, and he said, it's when you're edging good out, or you're edging God out. And we all have egos, and we constantly fight with this light, dark side of ourselves. And sometimes the ego is necessary. I mean, just put it bluntly, the ego does get done. It just does. The ego drives us, the ego propels us. So there is a balance. There's a necessary act for it. So I thought, you know, and here I'm climbing the corporate ladder in my late 20s and 30s, and I'm like, got to have the car and the right briefcase and the right pen pen and the right uh, (laughs) whatever, the right cologne, you know, and so I was definitely in my ego, but I was still on a spiritual quest. So I was kind of like this ego driven guy, but still reading like spiritual books on my time off. But Wayne, when he said ego is edging God out and I said, God, what is the opposite? of that? I've got to remind myself that every day because I'm in my ego a lot and i still am but at the time i was really more in my ego i <laughs> said well that would be then inviting god in or inviting good in or inviting grace in or inviting greatness in so i just came up with wrote down i g i and i thought oh that's kind of like iggy and at the time will smith one of the rapper singers big movie stars had a song out called jiggy get jiggy yeah, with it, and jiggy it, with rap, it. Yeah. yeah so i thought oh iggy this is my iggy so it was just for myself it was my own personal mantra that when I was in my daily affirmations, when I was in walking to a meeting, when I was talking to my wife or my children, I would ask myself internally, am I an ego or am, am I am Iggy? Is my decisions coming from ego or Iggy? Is my value system coming? So I just, it became then part of my DNA. And then I started writing down for myself principles about my Iggy. What is my inviting good in? What's a principle? And so then I started writing these down and then I realized I wanted to write a book about this. And so 10 years ago, not just a year ago, 10 years ago, I saved all these domain names, Iggy, Got Iggy, Get Iggy With It, Iggy Principles, Iggy CEO, <laughs> and I just tucked right. it away and said, I'm right. going to do something of that someday. Right. And that someday now came last year and mm-hmm. I wrote the book. And what was cool about the book is not only was it it's, it's a book and is a, a love kind of book that I put out to the world, But it's also a multimedia book, so each chapter has a QR code or a a video link. If you're in digital, that takes you to a two or three minute video, and then it also has pre-written social media swipes. So it's become a multimedia book, which was different also in the evolution of what I was doing in the current day that people are digesting information.
1: Right. So that was multiple sources. Yeah, Yeah. from multiple sources. Okay. So how many principles are there?
2: There's eight principles, and they range from things like forgiveness, the power of forgiveness, the power of gratitude the power of paying it forward, the power of prayer and meditation. So the principles are nothing that, and it comes back down to the golden rule. We've all heard that for years. But what I did is I took the principles of the eight principles and applied them in examples of how you would tie that into business with your team. And I gave examples of how you would tie that at the board table, how you would tie that in. you know. And so people think about forgiveness with their family. They think about forgiveness with their spouse. But people don't always think about forgiveness in the workplace and forgiving (laughs) Coworkers, workers forgiving clients, forgiving your competitors and what the power of forgiveness does or the power of gratitude, the power of paying it forward. So I just took these principles that for me are part of my daily DNA and applied them to a business sense environment. And just like we have business plans where we work on our HR department, our legal department, our revenue projections, our units, our profit, our EBITDA, I now help business leaders tie in these principles into their own spiritual intelligence yeah. into things whether it's their trainings their meetings their agendas when they have meetings with people their mission statements that it's tying in these kinds of concepts and then they're being talked about at the meeting itself they're yeah. they're actually talking about these topics so it be- starts it becomes part of the DNA of the company yeah. as a factor just as if you would about morale you know companies talk about my morale is loan my company Well, to me, that's probably because there's not a lot of Iggy going on there. It's probably a lot of ego that are driving people to feel isolated and separated. Yeah,
1: Yeah, that's what I was going to say, is it probably, I'm sure I'm not even going to say probably, it elevates the culture, it elevates community, it elevates tribe, it elevates the stickiness of people not leaving because now they're like, oh, but I can't get this type of feeling, right? Because it'll be a feeling or emotion or sense of purpose, as you say, at the next company. So it, it allows for that to evolve within that company and expand that company and expand the people inside of the company at the same exactly. time.
2: Yeah, exactly. And when you're asking your receptionist, your operations manager, your CEO, your marketing director, what is their own Iggy? What is it their purpose is about? What do they value? What do they have their biggest fears about? Where are they struggling in their life? Where are they wanting to evolve? Right. Where's their hole in the soul? Do they have a hole in the soul that they don't feel fulfilled and empty? And and when you can find out those kinds of discussions and people look at you like uh, initially like you're crazy, like, why are you asking me that? You're my boss or you're my peer or whatever. But it's amazing how people open up when you ask about what were your biggest challenges in this last month that caused you to feel not as fulfilled in your life or business? And what can we do to help fulfill part of that with you to have your Maybe someone wants to be in another department, another career. Maybe a coworker offended them in a really hard way. Maybe the company took a stance on something that was offensive. Maybe the ego of the leader is so about me, 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 me,
0: that the team is not feeling included.
2: So It just opens up these conversations throughout the organization that becomes like awareness. Like it becomes like, even on agendas, I tell people about putting in Iggy moments, talk about what the Iggy moment was for each person in that week and then go on to talk about your sales projections and, and yeah. the next thing. So it's not like I'm so airy fairy or so woo-woo that I don't know people have to make a profit and people right, have right. to make money. Yeah, but-
1: yeah, but it but this is a top-down process that you're talking about is when the leader starts leading in that manner, then they welcome in everyone else, you know. And this is something I talk about with my coaching with my clients too, is it. Just like you said earlier, here's our vision statement, here's where we want to go, here's our mission statement, the why we're doing and then the how we're going to do it. But no one ever asked them what they want. And just, and I learned this actually from Jeff Hoffman. Because Jeff said, you know, one of the things that he did was just ask his clients, you know, what are some of your goals? What are the the things he said? One of the guys said, hey, my goal is to provide my mom with a house. And he said, okay, well, let's get you more education so you can move up the ladder so you can get more opportunities. Let's create some kind of a bonus system for you so that you can make more money. And just having that be his focus rather than the profits, the profits came,
0: Yeah, right? The
1: profits came behind that. But he just focused on. It. He said the day that he was there when he had that person's that employee's mother walked drove up to the house and said, "What? Are, why are we here?" And they said, "This is your home." And here, and he has it on video and everything. And here's your home, and we even furnished it for you, <laughs> right? Oh, and we brought things in powerful. from your house. Yeah, and it's super powerful because that's exactly what you're talking about. Is it doesn't have to be bottom up. It can be top down. It can be all Absolutely. kinds of ways, but. I absolutely love that. I think that's good. So what's next for you? What's on the docket for you moving forward in what I call the soaring 20s?
2: My goal is I, my, some of my advising and consulting has led into some being on a few boards of a few digital currency companies, a few crypto things. And I think that that world of the changing, just like real estate wants to be part of all environments. We were talking about that earlier. Yeah. I think this new horizon of a new internet type thing coming in metaverse and with bitcoin and cryptocurrency it is the next it's kind of like when we went from dial up to high speed internet where we went from before we even had websites like what's the internet i think just like this happened in COVID, of this complete shift of the world it dramatically accelerated by probably 10 years the technology that was already probably going to come but i think these kind of experiences with virtual experiences, virtual doctor's appointments, digital currency, from my consulting and standpoint and coaching standpoint, I'm going to be playing more in that space and bringing spiritual intelligence conversations to that. And I've also started about a month ago, my own podcast video show. So I'm having the Iggy Principles, which will be in that show, but it's called the Alchemy of Business. So I'm interviewing leaders throughout the world. You're going to be on my show here very soon. So I'm excited to have you on but talking to leaders who are doing really great things in leadership and business development and sales and the philanthropy work, whatever it might be. And how do they get to that level? And what are their failures? What are their challenges? And what are their Iggy moments? And that Mm -hmm. is going to be both video and audio. And so it's going to be on about 40 or 50 different stations. And from that, I do plan on doing some work with other collaborative leaders who I've already been speaking to who want to take their companies into kind of a test case of using Iggy principles. So my goal is to do what I'm doing. I love what I'm doing, helping people from a, I'm more of a consultant than I am a coach. I would like to get back on the speaking circuit before COVID. I liked being out traveling the world and speaking and traveling. So I do want to have that happen. But my goal is to have this spiritual discussion of spiritual intelligence be way bigger part of what I do. And so that's just going to be moving forward with putting that in more companies and more businesses. Well,
1: it's your purpose, right? I mean, it's your vision, right? And that's, and the the thing about leadership and the thing about vision is vision changes lives, right? When people have vision, it changes lives. It's that everybody that we follow, Mother Teresa and Oprah and whatever, they have these big visions and people just naturally follow when they see that something that someone is chasing is much more bigger than them and they want to be part of it. And I definitely see this as a, great great movement i'm so excited for you i really am. i think Thank this you. is really cool it's it kind of maybe you never know maybe you're going to go down in history just like jim rohn with all his principles right and the thinking well, of the rich know. principles well, yeah it's uh, so I, cool you know,
2: I, I would love to do it more from i mean i look at that as that would be awesome jim rohn is amazing and if that happened which i would love it to it would be cuz more and more people learned and listened about their own connection to spirituality and they paid it for it and did something with it so yeah even though if I look at that from an ego, Iggy standpoint, sometimes as I'm out, when I'm doing social media or I'm looking to do these things, I'm going, okay, am I doing that from ego or Iggy? Right. But I also realize just like in a company, if you don't make profit and you don't keep making profit, or if you're in a nonprofit and you're trying to raise funds, currency and money, that's why it's called currency. Currency is energy. It makes the world go round. It can be anything. Exactly. So for me, getting these statuses or label or awards or recognition of a Tony Robbins or a Jim Rohn, that would be because enough people believed in the messaging exactly. and they then went out and bettered their lives and better. So then that, I can I take that on and that badge on with pride. And what's great about it, like you said, this is my purpose. There's no end to it. This is something right. in school systems. I'm also part of the global junior achievement organization that helps 10 million kids throughout the world. So Iggy principles can be in schools, businesses, startups, government. So I, I would love to have, just like we have artificial intelligence that's almost in everything right now, it's in your yeah. app, it's in your phone, it's in your communication, right. artificial intelligence has just become more and more. I would yeah. love spiritual intelligence just to be an elevated awareness that our kids, our grandkids, and our generations it's just part of the awareness, and we respect each other for whatever their own definition of their spiritual intelligence is but at least it's at the table being talked about and implemented and lived on an ongoing basis. Yeah. Not like in the closet behind the scenes because we're afraid that someone's going to bash us because of our spiritual religious beliefs and that we're not pushing that on someone else. We're just lighting them about who we are and hopefully our light helps shines more light on making them feel better about who they are and what they do. So that's unlimited work. I can do that till I'm in a wheelchair, you know, pushing myself down a, an aisle and going to the senior. Well, at line. some
1: point, <laughs> you'll just be able to type and talk and listen and with your eyeballs or with some right. something, right? So it'll go on for go <laughs> infinity. Ahead. And I love that you're working in the metaverse and stuff. It's so funny. I was in the metaverse as we were at the prosperity camp, and I think you left, but I don't know if you were there or not. Or we're in there, and I'm like. Someone said, well, we need someone to guide us through this. And I immediately, while we were sitting there, went on and bought Concierge, Metaverse, Metaverse Concierge, Metcon, oh, Conmet.
0: <laughs> I mean,
1: yeah, I just did a whole bunch of that so that I can buy the, the concierge service for the Metaverse if someone wants to buy the website. That's going to
2: be big. You're going to be glad you did that at some point. Yeah. Oh, awesome.
1: yeah. Because, well, you know, I was part of EXP Realty and they already have a Metaverse. Yes. And going into their Metaverse, I knew, you know, hey, you need a concierge you know, to come and help you, you know, show you the way and show you around and hey, let me show you the place. So I'm really excited about that, too. So it's yeah, been great having you move. on here. I could talk to you forever. I want to ask you what you would want to leave to our listeners. If there is something that you'd like to leave, it has something to do with your book or your movement or not. Just what's on your heart right now that you'd like to leave with everyone so that they have some type of an action that they could be taking after listening to the podcast?
2: Yeah, thank you for that. I guess the one that comes to mind is one of the principles in the book. And it's the one that I found released the most energy for me and all that I did and all that I do. And that is the power of forgiveness. And I would ask the listeners to just think about in their lives right now. Who in their life, Mm -hmm. whether it's a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, an uncle, who have you not talked to in a long time Mm -hmm. because you are mad at them or you can't forgive them for something or vice versa? Mm -hmm. Someone else is mad at you or thinks you have done them wrong and they can't forgive you. Mm -hmm. What I found is when I can go find ways to heal those relationships, it doesn't mean those relationships have to continue on and you have to be best buddies after that, if that's not the case. What I found is the power of forgiveness of governments, organizations, Mm. people, family members, or others unleashed so much power for me that I never realized it was one of the best gifts that other nature has given us. And so I would ask the listeners to say, who in your life right now is that person for you? And who is that other person you need to forgive and who needs to forgive you? And if you spent the next week finding ways in yourself, the meditation or prayer or counsel of a friend or whomever to go find ways to heal that relationship that unlocks so many doors of creativity. It takes a burden out of your life in a way that the monkeys
1: fall off your back, you know? And it could be
2: something from 10 years ago that you've hung on Mm -hmm. That you just said, Hey, I tucked that away. I haven't even thought about it. It's in the past. I can tell you for me, my (laughs) own experience of stuff that I knew I needed to forgive someone for, or I needed to ask their forgiveness, even if it was long ago. And I just said, Hey, out of sight, out of mind, yeah. When I took the time to do it, it's one of the most powerful things. And I do that now on a weekly and monthly basis. I take internal inventory. Who do I need to forgive and who needs to forgive me? And that act alone in business or personal life has been one of the best gifts I can advise anyone in doing.
1: It's really, really powerful. And it the timing is perfect because I have someone very specific in mind right now that you just get your, your feathers up and you just, you're not ready. Like for me, it's not that I won't forgive, it's that I'm not ready. Does yeah. that make a difference? Totally, and so and it totally wears on. I
2: totally understand that. Yeah, and
1: it totally wears on you. It's like a constant grind, grind, yes. grind. And yeah. yeah, you know, sometimes you just have to swallow some pride and suck it up and call people and say, don't even you don't even have to say anything. Just call and say, Hey, what's going on? <laughs> and pretend like it didn't happen if that's what it is, you know, but just let it go. You know, let it go, let it go as my grandkids always say. Well, again, Steve, it's been great having you on here. What is the best way for someone to reach you?
2: I would say the best way is probably steverogers.net. And Rogers has a D in it, R-O-D-G-R-S. Yep. And they can remember it like Captain America. I, was, I When I found out Captain America's name was also Steve Rogers and his alias, I was like, oh yeah, I'll take that. So <laughs> steverogers.net. And then I'm on social media and that's all at the bottom of my website and stuff, but that's probably the best way. Okay. Uh, I and also we'll have, have the, it in the
1: show notes too. Yeah, show
2: notes yeah. too. So that's, that's, that's a, a, that'll get to the Iggy stuff. And I have my corporate site, which is the alchemyadvisors.com. But for the sake of this call and discussion, I felt like saying net. That's where the Iggy yeah. stuff is.
1: Yeah. Well, I think both are great because we have a lot of business owners and a lot of owners of companies, large companies and small business owners too, right. And salespeople listening and They could go to their managers and say, hey, we need a shift. We need a change in our business. Something has to give. So we'll make sure that we have that link as well. And again, I just want to say thank you so much for being on the show today. It was a pleasure getting to know you even more. I hope you're bringing books to Secret Knock. And if you aren't, please bring one for me. I
2: will make sure that I do. (laughs) Please
1: bring one for me because I'd love to have a signed copy of it. And again, I want to say thank you for joining us today for taking time out of your day. There's some gratitude for you right there, right? Taking time out of your day to listen to this podcast. I hope that this has been beneficial for you and that you have some action items that you can take and run with. And last but not least, please be sure to subscribe to this podcast as well as our YouTube channel. And we look forward to talking to you again soon. Thanks for joining.
2: Thank you, John. Thank you, everyone.
1: Thanks
0: for listening to Mortgage Lending Mastery. Be sure to subscribe to hear more sales tips, ideas, strategies, and tactics to help you with your personal and professional growth to multiply your results in record time. And if you like what we're doing, don't forget to give us a rating and review so we can continue to bring you the best content possible. Wanting more beyond the podcast? Join our Mortgage Lending Mastery Membership Community, where you will find extended interviews with our favorite guests, weekly training, tips, and insider secrets